Do-do-do-do. Welcome back to Cop Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. And I'm Errol Koenig. The one and only. Yes. A lot of news lined up this week. Yes, starting with the most important news. It's TV's Murder Week. Dun-dun-dun. Yes, it's... it. In the past uh, week or so, uh, a lot of TV shows have learned their fate. Uh, whether they've been canceled or renewed but with an ending date or what the deal uh, with their futures will be. Yep. Um, so we're going to go through it uh, and talk about some of the shows that, you know. Well, let's, let's start with the bad news first. Yes. And then we'll get to the good news. So then we can <laughs> end with everyone being happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some of the TV shows that got canceled, uh, I'm sorry to report that. Yes. Powerless was canceled. Yes, that was one of the first podcasts that we talked about. Uh, and in our podcast, we talked about how we were slightly disappointed. It turns out uh, NBC also felt the same way. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I do think that the show picked up after, you know, after kind of after it started getting its footing and, you know, yeah. through the season. But at that point, it had already lost too many viewers and yeah, not in the best place. But, you know. You know, you said you were you would have been hyped to see season two or season three, but yeah. it's not going to make it that far. Exactly, because uh, like I think as I said in the other podcast, that once it figures out what it's doing, it's going to be good. The cast uh, was great, and yeah. they just have to they had to have time just to figure out what the show was. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they lost all of their viewers, and you know there wasn't you know people to. No, it wasn't enough people to make it worthwhile to see the show grow into what it could be. Yeah. But, you know. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, another show, sticking with the alliteration, um, <laughs> uh, is Pitch. Uh, that was Fox's TV show about the first female pitcher in the major leagues. Yeah. Um, so I watched the first couple episodes. I liked the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was decent, uh, but... Apparently, uh, having a female pitcher wasn't believable enough uh, to the masses. Um, even though, I actually, I, I thought it was pretty good. She had a nice screwball, which is why she ma- ma- got herself into the league, which yeah. I think is believable. If that's how a female pitcher were to make it into the majors, it would definitely be through some sort of pitch, like a screwball or a knuckleball or something like that. Yeah. So it was believable, but, you know, it's... Same story, didn't get enough uh, yeah. enough people behind it. Oh, well, sad to see that one go. Mm-hmm. But. So I guess a bunch of other shows got canceled. I, we don't want to harp on it too much. Uh, a couple a couple sad ones that I wanted to mention, uh, mostly for my little sister. Uh, <laughs> it was a sad week plus for her. Uh, Girl Meets World on Disney Channel was canceled. That was one of her favorite shows. That's the revival of Boy Meets World. Yeah. Um, she really liked that show. Um, yeah. But transitioning to things that will be picked up, another one of my little sister's favorite show, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. That show was semi-canceled, semi-not-canceled, <laughs> or rebooted, or I don't really know what to describe it as, but pretty much what ended up happening uh, was... Uh, the four main characters of the show are all leaving uh, and are going to be replaced with a new show. And uh-huh. uh, there was a time jump at the end of the uh, season finale, which was uh, on Sunday, two days ago from when we're recording this. 
Um, so yeah, and my little sister was surprisingly not super sad when I told her the news. Um, Weird. Yeah, well, so, she kind I of mean... saw it coming. She was she was somewhat following the news. Okay. Um, but you know, she is excited to see. I guess what comes of comes of the show. What comes of Storybrooke and Henry and all the remaining people. Uh, yeah. Regina still there. Who that was her favorite. Who was also known as the Evil Queen. Uh huh. Um, so. That's pretty good. That's a, a good way to keep a show fresh and not have it yeah. get bogged down with itself. Yeah, because it still had viewers, but the show was, you know, I'm not saying I thought it was spiraling into just nonsense. Because uh, <laughs> my sister didn't think that at all. Like, she was all in uh-huh. uh, after the uh, Frozen episode that was out. Yeah. It was a little too forced. But eh. I digress. Um, yeah, so let's go to a couple other TV shows. Uh, that have been uh, renewed or revived or just new new shows, yep. um, all that good stuff. Let's start off with an American classic, American Idol. The best. Yes, it is back on TV. Yeah. Uh, ABC decided to uh, take a shot at the at the uh, long running series. <laughs> um, yeah. So the show uh, ended uh, about a year and a half ago. Or a year ago, sometime around then, mm-hmm. um, I think after its 16th season with Fox, uh, and the ABC wanted a chance to try to see if they could do, if they could do it right, try to make it more, more popular, maybe closer to The Voice or something like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I heard they tried to get Simon Cowell back to be one of the judges. Oh, that'd be that'd be a great way to get people back on board. It would, but Simon Cowell said he already left the show in his past, so. Darn. Oh, well. I did hear, I don't know if this is official mm-hmm. or if, whether these are just rumors, but mm-hmm. Ryan Seacrest might be coming back to host. Uh, Ryan Seacrest has said that he is he, he is very willing to come back to continue hosting. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, some other news, which we didn't actually write down beforehand, but I actually thought were kind of funny. Yeah. So The Voice is like the biggest competitor to yeah. American Idol. It's upcoming season 13 next fall. And the following season, or so 13 is next fall, 14, I believe, is in the spring. Something like that. They have a lot of seasons. Yeah. What's so funny is that in season 13, Jennifer Hudson, who was on season one of American Idol, got fourth place. She is going to be one of the judges on The Voice. Wow. Yes. And on top of that, uh-huh. in season 14... The winner of Jennifer Hudson's season on American Idol, Kelly Clarkson, she's also going to be a judge on The Voice. Or so, like they're kind of they're kind of taking over. Yeah, um, uh, I think American Idol might have reached out to them, but I think you know The Voice was too far into their discussions, and yeah, you know they already claimed their two stars. And I just I find it funny that like the news came out right when American Idol's coming back. The Voice said, "Hey, we're like American Idol. We even have." The best of American <laughs> Idol uh, coming to play with us. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's great. It'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and make it, you know, big again. Because it's got the, the brand recognition already. Yeah. So. It just needs to figure out a way how to not seem, well, like it did for its last couple of seasons at Fox where it just kind of felt tired and doing yeah. the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yep. So moving on, mm-hmm. 
uh, another TV show. Uh, the CW's Black Lightning is looking to premiere uh, in the mid-2018 season, it looks like. Or the 2018 mid-season premiere, which is like the beginning of 2018. Not in the middle of 2018. Oh, okay. Because that would be a summer release, and that never happens for TV shows. That being said, uh-huh. uh, this is very similar to what happened with uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That was a mid-season release uh-huh. uh, to kind of just get a sense of how much the show uh, is, re- or how well the show was received. You know, if people are, you know, taking a liking to it, if they are going to uh, continue watching it, how much money they should invest in each episode, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So. This will be this will be interesting. I don't know much mm-hmm. about this TV show. Uh, yeah, but, but it is a, a DC comic yeah. character, um, which is Adding. pretty interesting. Another uh, show in the Arrowverse. Yes, uh, which will be cool. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, again, neither of us know the character that well. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of excited because it's another one character show, and I think when the shows start getting too many characters all yeah. muddled in there, i.e., Legends of Tomorrow, it just is just like heartfelt monologue action sequence, heartfelt monologue with <laughs> nothing actually, no substance to hold it all together. Yeah, but whatever. That's that's my problem with uh, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a fan of Supergirl, Flash, and all that other. Mm-hmm. Or Green Arrow, not all that other stuff. There's only one other show. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for Black Lightning. Uh, again, I don't really know the character, but it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I believe this is a... Uh, a Black Lightning is an African-American character. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the problems of the other DC <laughs> shows, because they are all heavily white. Um, Very, yeah. Which I don't think is... You know, it's not a huge knock on those other shows just because the comic book characters are traditionally white, but mm-hmm. throwing some diversity on the screen never hurts. Yeah. So I'm excited for this show. It should be good. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, keeping on this run of superhero TV shows. Yeah. Uh, the Gifted TV show, which is an X-Men show, uh, has finally gotten a series order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a trailer, um, a teaser trailer, but a trailer nonetheless uh, yeah. that introduces some of the characters and some of the premise around the show. Yeah. So it looks like it'll be about you know some young mutants kind of mm-hmm. discovering and learning about their powers. Yeah. You know, as as teenagers before they really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, but it looks like it'll be good. You know, I'm always a sucker for. You know, high school teenage superpowers. Yeah, and I, I think this show is different than a lot of the other stuff we've gotten mm-hmm. because it covers, I guess, new ground. This is about these teenagers, you know, growing into their powers, thrown in this ridiculous circumstance that like no one else has gone into, and they have to figure out how to cope with it. Um, you know, all the prejudices that come with that. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, it should. You know, that should be good. It should be a more heartfelt superhero TV show. Uh, lower scale in terms of, I guess, the tragedies that they're fixing on the show, but also at the same time, probably more more impactful uh, 
for the yeah. emotional moments because it's dealing with these kids' lives and how they adjust yeah. and how they grow. Yeah, they're not saving the world, but they're saving themselves. And, yeah. You know, that makes the show even more powerful. Yeah. Or powerful in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be good. Um, another uh, X-Men TV show, which I'm a little bit more excited about. Not to say I'm <laughs> not excited about uh, the Gifted TV show. This is like really exciting. This is my wheelhouse. Yes. Not only do I love superheroes, I also love animation, and I also love funny things, and I also love Donald Glover, and <laughs> all of that stuff is just smashing together uh, in a Deadpool animated TV series on FXX. Yeah. And this is not a kid's channel, which means they will be allowed to do cool stuff, and it will be <laughs> funny. And Deadpool's awesome, and Donald Glover's awesome. Uh, he also did Atlanta uh, with FX, which was, uh, I guess, the hit of this past season of TV. Yeah. Um, got a lot of Emmy love, got a lot of support. Uh, it was a great show. Um, so it's all good. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm just sitting back and waiting for I some know. awesomeness. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the thing the world needs right now is more Deadpool. Exactly. Exactly. You can you can never have too much Deadpool. I know. Yeah. And you know, as we're still waiting for Deadpool 2 to come out, hopefully this might come out. I'm not sure Do when this will come out. Do have a release date? I don't see a release date on here. But if they're just now announcing it, they might come out roughly the same time. Yeah, well, this has a 2018 premiere date. Um, and the Deadpool uh, movie, um, I believe, is summer of 2018 so this will come out either it'll be a uh my guess is it'll either be like a winter release so at the beginning of 2018 so right before deadpool 2 yeah or it'll be a fall release um and it'll be right after my guess is because fxs is normally shorter run seasons uh -huh. that it will be uh in the winter in the beginning of 2018 but really i don't know let's we'll see it'll be fun i'm excited yeah um, so yeah, keeping uh, in the Marvel family, but more MCU related, Shield, Agents of Shield, has gotten renewed for season five. Yes, this is very exciting. I'm very happy. Yes, I'm very much enjoying this show as it is coming to itself as powerless never could. Yeah, I mean because Shield had time to grow. Yeah, uh, it started off as you know a kind of crappy TV show with. Uh, you know, a weird, mysterious alien object of the week that they need to figure out how to yeah. beat into a show that kind of covered the whole Hydra shield mm -hmm. situation after Winter Soldier. Uh, but then this season finally figured out how to be a great comic book TV show by becoming like comic book arcs. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's working. And I think they figured that out and figured out that a season five, they'll be able to continue with that trajectory and keep it going, keep it going strong, slowly build their audience back to what it was when it first started. Mm -hmm. So all good. I'm excited. Yeah. This will be great. Yeah. I will always be interested to see what the next next season holds. Yeah, and, and we'll see what, I guess, what will happen after tonight's episode because tonight is the series finale. Oh yeah, of Shield. Um, I'm not sure if whether if I'm going to release this later tonight or tomorrow or Thursday or sometime soon. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully that's a good episode that'll kind of hint as to what's to come in season five. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be a little teaser as to what the first arc of the next season will be. So I hope so. I'm excited. Should be good. Yep. Uh, so another, another Marvel TV show, mm-hmm. uh, also upcoming that we've mentioned before on on the pod. Yes. Is uh, Runaways. Yes. So they just had a teaser get sort of released. Uh, it was at their upfronts where they were showing all of the investors and all of the all of the important people. Uh, all of the cool stuff that they have coming up. Yeah. They showed a teaser trailer for The Runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, just through, had a, a little bit of tidbits uh, from what's to come, uh, mainly from the first episode. Um, and the reason why I say that is because uh, I read the comic book series and there was a lot of stuff from the first issue in the comic <laughs> book series and it lines up. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I'm. it should be good. Uh, I mean, we didn't see much of the acting or much of the action mm-hmm. or really anything other than just a little bit to get us excited. Uh, but it did that, so. Yeah, I'm good with that. You know, if it's borrowing a lot from the you know, from the comic book, I think it'll make a good TV show. Yeah. Well, I think if, if it borrows a lot from the comic book, it'll make an excellent TV show. <laughs> My first thought after finishing the original, I guess, arc. The original mm-hmm. arc was 13 issues. Um and you know that's that was that then later they had other stuff come out but the main runaways comic book arc was 13 episodes after finishing that yeah i thought damn that'd be one (laughs) hell of a first season of a tv show yeah it's you know has a perfect season arc it has within it you know smaller story arcs and characters Mm -hmm. has other stuff going on but it also works in such a cohesive way uh and then i heard the tv show was coming out it's like this it's gonna work yeah, like this, this comic book was made to work as this type of TV show, and now that it's all coming together, I'm excited. Yeah, so it looks like it'll be great. Mm-hmm. You know, links to all these trailers and stuff in the show notes, of course. Yes. So go ahead and check them out. Yeah. So I guess going from TV to movie. Um, yes. But also, actually, exactly that. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite TV shows, if not my favorite TV show of all time, Psych. Is going from TV to movie. I'm so excited. I am, like, I let out a v- audible yelp once I read the news, <laughs> and I just started flailing my arms. I was so excited. Yeah. Um, this winter, Psych is making a holiday movie, and it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. For those of you who don't know, Psych is a comedy detective mm-hmm. kind of TV show. You know, that's just very, yeah. very silly and well-written, you know, and witty and ridiculous. Lots of reference to the 80s. and Yeah. Psych is a fantastic show, and it will make an amazing movie. Yeah, We're it's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, the, all the cast is coming back. James Rode, who played Sean Spencer, uh, Dooley Hill, they're both coming back. Timothy Omenson, who plays Lassiter, Maggie Lawson, who plays Juliet. Uh, Corbin Bernstein, who plays Henry, Sean's dad, uh, and Kristen Nelson, who plays Chief Fick, all going to be back on the movie. Uh, so I'm super excited. It's going to be just, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, so it'll be good. It should, it, it'll be more than good. It'll, it'll be great. It'll be amazing. Yeah. All right. So another movie that mm-hmm. I am also excited about, even if Errol's not as much, I have no opinion on this. All right. 
<laughs> so actually, I have some opinions, but continue. So, listener, if you'll cast your mind back all the way to episode seven of this very podcast, we mentioned that there had been uh, rumblings uh, that Hellboy was going to get a third installment. Yes. Uh, but eventually that came to nothing, and we were all left in sadness once again until recently. Yes. When it was announced that Hellboy was going to get a reboot. Which is very exciting. Um, yeah. The only thing is, Guillermo del Toro, he's not back behind the camera. I know. He is stepping down. And on top of that, uh, Ron Perlman will not be Hellboy anymore. So it's a completely new thing, but yes. should still be good. Uh, they're getting uh, Neil Marshall to direct, who has worked on The Descendant and also Game of Thrones. So that should yep. be awesome. Yep. Um, and they're getting David Harbour from Stranger Things uh, and also from Small Parts and Suicide Squad, the greatest movie ever made. Of course. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I think David Harbour is awesome and, you know, yeah, should be good. It'll be good. You know, it makes me wonder whether this was, this must have been part of the discussions from, you know, a couple of months ago. Yeah. That, you know, the Del Toro didn't really want to do. He didn't want to reboot and was trying to push for continuation, but the studio probably wanted to restart things because it's been many years. And also, it's a bankable franchise. Yeah. Easy money. Mm-hmm. So, but regardless, I'm excited for all new Hellboy movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this one, so far, it's got you know a great director and a good, you know, good casting of Hellboy himself. So mm-hmm. we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. So then, next up, um, our last bit of movie news is Blade Runner 2049 has released another trailer. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, Ryan? So, you know, I I was very young when I watched uh, the first Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't really understand what was going on. I mean, I was, I think it was a year ago when I watched the first Blade, uh, Blade Runner, uh, and I was equally confused. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But I do remember that, you know, it was very much a movie. I mean, there's, there's a lot of action. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Harrison Ford was really good. But it was also kind of talking about humanity and what it meant to be a person as opposed to what are they a called? A robot or a replicant. Replicant, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a replicant. And you know so it was it was good. It's very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think from this trailer it looks like they're going to explore that humanity versus replicant dynamic. Yeah. Yep. And and the first movie ended on kind of a cliffhanger because we didn't know uh, whether Harrison Ford's character was a human or a replicant. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of, I guess, questions that needed answers. Um, yeah, it, it was very, you know, I guess, you know, it was very loose-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have gone a lot of ways, and we're going to see where they decide to take it. I'm kind of excited for this movie. The first one was just confusing, but yeah, uh, I really like Ryan Gosling. I really like Denis Villeneuve, and if I said that wrong, <laughs> he's you know French Canadian, so he'll get over it. They're very nice there, though. They're very, 
They probably he'd probably apologize to me because his name is hard to pronounce. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not your fault at all. Yeah. Well, I tried. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but he's great. He did a, he did Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harrison Ford is back, and as we all know, Harrison Ford is awesome. Exactly. So it should be interesting. Um, we'll see if uh, people are excited to come and watch it. Uh, as the original series was from the 80s, but also not really great for, I guess, younger demographics. Yeah. Um, but but we'll see. I don't think this will have too much of an issue because I feel like part of its main demographic is people who watched the original one when it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, because that seems to be... People who really enjoy it tended to watch it when it first came out. Yeah, so we'll see. It's it's interesting because generally the people who watch the most movies and bring the most box office are those 15 to 18-year-old kids. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many of those have seen this seen this movie. Yeah. Um, or seen the original movie. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very existential and there's not that many movies that... Or that deep, or that you know, complicated. Yeah, um, so. I mean, even uh, independent of you know this being mm-hmm. a sequel or soft reboot or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, uh, you know, it it looks like a good film just from yeah. the trailer. It looks interesting, and it makes yeah. you want to go see it. And I think probably the main thing you get from the trailer, which is also the main thing that I got from the first film, is that the color palette of this movie is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, you know, either black with neon lights or it's a weird orange tone that, like, is both hazy but also kind of psychedelic. I don't know. It's cool. And uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to it. But speaking of bringing things back from the 80s, um, we're going to talk about a movie that takes a lot of things from the 80s. Yeah. And brings it to now, i.e. Walkman and cassette <laughs> tapes. I'm referring to, of course, of my favorite movie of the year so far, I think. Probably. Probably. I've already seen it twice, and I'm planning on seeing it a couple more times. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. So good. Um, it came out two weekends ago now. Yes, it came out, um, oh yeah, two, two weekends ago. It's Tuesday now, so about a week and a half. Yeah. Um, I saw it, it's Thursday night opening, and then also last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, general thoughts. This is a non-spoiler Yes, we will get section. to the spoilers. Um, when we get there, we will kick all you people who have not seen it out, uh, for two reasons. One, because we don't want to spoil the movie for you. Mm-hmm. And also, two, if you haven't seen the movie, we don't want you. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We do want you, but we also want you to see the movie yes. first. Yes. You should see the movie and form your own opinion before you come and listen to us. Yes. Because we are very opinionated. Yes. And probably very one-sided on our opinions, too. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll get there. Yep. Um, yeah. So I really like the movie. I yeah. thought that it had everything that you needed a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm-hmm. Had a great soundtrack. Very uh, good soundtrack. Had, you know, great, I guess, dynamic within the group. Mm-hmm. Um, had a good bad guy. Um, 
it yeah i don't know it's like it had the the right the right palette too like it had the right tone it had like in terms of either visuals or just the pacing and all that yeah it felt like a guardians movie yeah and you know that it works Mm-hmm. Um, or it works for me, uh, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one is my favorite superhero movie and like one of my top five movies of all time. Yeah. It's very much a movie for me. Mm-hmm. If that movie was a 10, this one would be like a nine, nine and a half. I really love this movie. Yeah. Not as great as the first one, mm-hmm. but I really loved it. So I concur with most of that, but I'll, we can discuss it later in the spoiler section. Okay. Oh, I think I know what you're gonna say. Well, get there. Yeah. It's exciting to watch the movie, so you can hear what we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was really great. Uh, but before we get into the spoiler section, uh, I think we should have a small discussion about Marvel sequels. Yes. Um, this is, I would argue, the only the, I guess technically, well, wait, wait, do you count Civil War as sequel? It's the third in its series. So then technically, so then it's the third of the good sequels in Marvel's, I guess, canon. Yeah. Um. So like, a lot of times with these Marvel movies, that their, their sequels don't live up to their first movie. Yeah. Um, Iron Man two and Iron Man three, to a lesser extent. Yeah. Didn't live up to Iron Man. Uh, Thor two did not live up to Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hulk two doesn't exist because. The Hulk one wasn't that great in the first place. Yeah. Um, barely exists in the Marvel canon. Yeah. Uh, Age of Ultron. Um, while I enjoy the film, uh, many people had had a, had a ton of problems with that movie. Yeah. Um, really, uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War are the only ones that, you know, either got to the same level or improved mm-hmm. and didn't feel like, I guess, a retread necessarily of of all the old stuff it didn't yeah. feel like you know a forced sequel yeah you know like the iron man sequels and the thor sequel did. yeah yeah um, winter soldier i think is the epitome of a good sequel well i would argue that the winter soldier isn't necessary i mean it technically is a sequel yeah but i think it also goes for civil war too mm-hmm. i think civil war is probably more of a sequel to winter soldier than winter soldier is a sequel to captain america because I, yeah. the tone of the movies are just so different. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, it's has a completely different feel. Like Captain America, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger mm-hmm. was a movie about World War Two. Yeah. It was a war movie. It was very much that. Civil War was a political thriller in a completely different time. Like the only thing that was the same. Was that it was Captain America and yeah the scenario, and also that it was a superhero movie and had lots of explosions. But you know, that's, yeah, we're gonna say all Marvel movies have this. <laughs> yeah. But like, while it technically is a sequel, mm-hmm. you know, it's I felt like you know I guess Winter Soldier was more of a Captain America and you know Black Widow movie with some yeah. you know. Nick Fury. It was more of a rebranding of Captain America, a reimagining yeah, than it was a exactly. Sequel. Yeah, and then for Civil War, that was I find less of a Captain America sequel, more of a Captain America and Iron Man sequel, or an Avengers, you know, yeah, three point or two point five. 
Mm-hmm. So it's... Oh, whatever. It's, it's kind of getting off the point yeah. of what we were originally talking about um, with that I think Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the first movies that really that worked as a sequel that followed up had like the same level of heart the same you know the same good vibes flowing through it mm-hmm. um that made it work which is one of the reasons why its box office has jumped from the first movie to the second movie yeah uh, it's made almost um 50% more in its first weekend wow than it did for the for Guardians 1 so yeah. Which makes think, sense. You know, everyone loved Guardians 1, yeah. and they were very much excited for the sequel. And I think also Guardians 1 was kind of a surprise hit. Before it came out, no one knew who these characters were. People thought Chris Pratt couldn't do it because they just knew him from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And just being the fat guy there. Um, and it worked. And I think the fact that Chris Pratt is now a bona fide star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James Gunn in his own right has you know gotten a bigger following and you know marvel's just working yeah you know a lot more it it, it just it's it's working well so i think all those factors kind of came together mm-hmm. um and led to this successful film uh both critically and um economically so. yeah yeah i'll be interested to see what the the final numbers are for how it did compared to you know, the rest of the cinematic universe, but also yeah. to the first Guardians. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, compared to the first Guardians, it's going to make a lot more just because, well, the final box office for the first Guardians is around $800 million. Mm-hmm. The projections of this one are close to a billion. Nice. So it's projected worldwide to make about $200 million more. Uh-huh. Uh, my prediction was $950 million. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm smart and I do movie projection, uh, projections now. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's projected to get close to a billion, mm-hmm. uh, and it's and I don't see it slowing down. Uh, this past weekend, its second weekend, uh, it remained at the top of the box office. Yeah. Um, destroying uh, King Arthur, uh, Legend of the Sword, um, for a couple of reasons, um, mainly because. No one liked King Arthur, Legend of the yeah. Sword. Uh, did not do well critically, or and no one saw. It. I think only it only got around fifteen million compared to its one hundred and seventy-five million budget. Yeah, so they got to uh, lose some money. Yeah, that's yeah. a shame. I was excited for that movie too. I was decidedly not. <laughs> I saw the trailers and I'm like, oh joy, another dark looking, you know, reimagining of some classic story wonderful yeah. i don't know I, growing up i loved sword in the stone um that was one of my favorite you know disney movies when i was little yeah uh so i have a fondness towards i guess the story but then on top of that i also like charlie hunnam i like guy Ritchie, mm-hmm. and the trailer i thought was fun i thought it was more fun than it was dark and gritty even though the color scheme was a little gray very gray and dusty but you yeah. know i don't know i saw people you know wielding swords fighting in grayness covered in mud and i'm like eh yeah i'll pass hopefully someone can figure out how to make a good movie about people wielding swords <laughs> right now it's just stuck on television granted actually it wouldn't say stuck on television game of thrones is an excellent show yeah um but yeah i mean they did make a great movie about wielding swords they just 
glow and make cool noises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's that that is it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh so yeah. Um wanna move to the spoiler section? Let's move to the spoiler section. Okay, so before we switch, uh let's kick all of the people who haven't seen it out. Yep. You can leave. Go away. Um, but not before I tell you to uh, subscribe. Wait, come back. Yeah. No, <laughs> subscribe, uh, like, follow, um, all that stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Twitter, uh, Facebook. Twitter, Facebook. You can figure it out. Um, write a, write, rate us. Rate on... us on iTunes. Write a review. We will read it, uh, or I will read it um, if you do. Do we have so, any more reviews? I am not sure. Did you write a review? I did not. Okay. Well, other than that mysterious person that wrote our first review. <laughs> um, yeah, so do all that stuff. Um, this podcast will be up there, as I'm sure you know, because you were currently listening to it. Um, all our other episodes will be up there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. Now you can leave. Bye-bye. Bye. Now let's wait 30 seconds as they all leave. Do, 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 do. Has that been 30 seconds yet? Do, do. Yep. Okay, let's go. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Spoilers. Okay. I have to get something off my chest. Okay, go. I think this movie was just another Marvel movie is what it felt like to me. I Okay. You know, I didn't get like it had the it had a lot of the the jokes and the soundtrack and the feeling from from Guardians from Guardians, which I very much loved. And disclaimer: I do love this movie, and you should totally go see it if you haven't already, because you didn't stop listening when you weren't supposed to. Okay, <laughs> but you know, it's totally worth going to see. I'm not sure. You know, it felt like it. M- you know, it it had jokes, but it lacked the the irreverence that the first Guardians had. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the one of my favorite scenes in the first Guardians was sure. you know the climactic moment when they're you know they've you know what's his name made it to the planet and you know the, they're about to have their final battle and whatever. Oh yeah, they're all on the plane and they're talking about. Well, no. When they're, oh, okay. they're when they're on the land. Oh, they're on land. Okay. Yeah, and he's about to you know, hit the hammer to the planet, the Infinity Stone, whatever, and destroy life. Mm-hmm. And then just like Star Lord challenges him to a dance battle. Yeah, like that was one of my favorite moments, and mm-hmm. that is, I think, is what was lacking. You know. Yeah, I yeah, I I I can definitely see where you're coming from. Um, there was no dance battles in this one, mm-hmm. um, which I think sorely missing but um there was there was definitely some of it like in that climactic battle in this movie uh you know in it wasn't as great it was uh star lord or peter quill was much more serious in this movie yeah um rather than doing you know the the dance off he's you know fighting with ego and instead of turning into someone about to punch the other person he turns into pac-man i didn't appreciate that it has it has that stuff granted not as much because it's a tough movie because you have to think if they tried to 
throw in all of those bits from the first one. Mm-hmm. It might just seem like a retread and you might get, you know. Yeah. It, it might seem overdone and it won't play as well. On the other hand, they could not do enough. I think you could be right in the fact that they might have not included enough of those, I guess, irreverent scenes. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, I would agree that Peter Quill's character in this movie is... He's not as, I guess... um, He doesn't have that much agency throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, His plot is very simple. Uh, His dad finds him. Uh, then he finds out his dad is bad and that his dad killed his mom and then they fight. Yeah. It's his plot is very simple mm-hmm. and I agree. And I think that plot was, was probably lacking. Yeah. However, the reason why I like this movie more than other sequels and other, and why I didn't feel it was just another Marvel movie uh-huh. is because this movie was so much more about family. Yes. And I feel like the heart and the emotion from that Mm-hmm. Uh, and not necessarily the, um, you know, the ego Star Lord yeah. or the ego Peter Quill relationship, more so with the other ones. The what was going on with Yondu and Peter, or Yondu and Rocket, or Rocket yeah. and Groot, or Peter and Groot, yeah. and Gamora and Nebula, Gamora yeah. and Nebula, or yeah. Peter and Gamora, or um, what else? Or uh, Drax and Mantis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a much more uh familial movie than i think any other the only other movie that kind of has that um but to a lesser extent is guardians one because it has the team and the team is like yeah. a family this movie really goes into that and i feel like that's a much more interesting subject rather than just trying to save the world because yeah. rather than just fighting for everything you're actually fighting for people around you that you care about mm-hmm. and i think at least for me and with family, that really resonates for me. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that this movie had a lot of that, even though in other aspects it was light or confusing or whatever, that part really hit hit home. I may or may not have cried at the end of the movie um, <laughs> yeah. or during a couple parts. But, you know, it's that's not important. Yeah. Um, I think that is one thing this movie did really, really well was yeah. that family and the, the character development of what you know Rocket was going through you know, yeah, trying to accept the fact that you know he had a family. And... Yeah, Rocket's development, Yandu's development. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the the part that you're talking about, why it kind of doesn't feel like that much of another movie, is because Peter doesn't really have that much development. Yeah, he's just kind of he's there just to move the story forward. Yeah. Um. So I, I think know. that was kind of lacking because, like, you know, if that. As much as this was about family, like the plot itself was, you know, following Peter and Ego, you know, and mm-hmm. be, since that was kind of weak, yeah, the movie suffered for it, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Peter's, I guess, role in the film, not the performance, I thought Chris Pratt, you know, he was Chris Pratt. And yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah. He is Star-Lord. Like, in terms of performances, everyone was at least really good. Yeah. If not better. And, you know, it's, there just wasn't a lot to go on. And what what turned out the, what they could, I don't know if they, I, I don't know how to necessarily fix the movie, but maybe play up the whole Peter Yandu relationship. Mm-hmm. So then that, that has more weight when comparing it to the, you know, ego 
Yeah. Uh, to, to his relationship with Ego. Which, because they didn't, I don't know. Because I, I, I think the whole point of the, you know, Peter versus Ego was kind of less important than the Peter and Yandu. And I think mm-hmm. they might have focused too much on Ego, but also they needed that just so they could have the big fight scene at the end. And Yeah, there were a couple moments where I think they, they had the opportunity to make, mm-hmm. to play up some of the parts that would have been really good. Like if they had had... A moment where you know peter you know was trying you know, had to decide between ego and yondu as his father mm-hmm. figure or you know when ego had kind of like you know done whatever to mm-hmm. peter and like showed him the universe or whatever and gotten like control of his mind or whatever like yeah having peter not be able to break out of that and have having it- someone else from his from, you know, from his family I, help him with that would have been great. I think that also would have been a more active experience for the viewer because then we would be trying to figure out if Peter would go back rather than just kind of watching him, you know, move everyone along from one point to another. We could like not be sure, you yeah. know, what his motivations are, if he's going to turn, if he's going to turn back. Mm-hmm. A little bit more mystery. Yeah. With that character or I'd even argue with, uh, with Ego because I think it became kind of obvious what was going on. Like yeah. they kind of bubbled up a little bit with Mantis and they bubbled it up a little bit more, but I think that might've through, through those subtle hints, it was not as subtle as, yeah, as they could have, as they could have had, which might've made um, that, you know, relationship more uh, compelling mm-hmm. between, you know, Peter and ego. But Yeah. Yeah. The, it, I really liked, you know, all the character arcs that happened, mm-hmm. and you know, but because everyone had these really serious, you know, character arcs, mm-hmm. you know, it felt all of the jokes were coming like, you know, look at Baby Groot, he's so cute, and we just kind of got that over and over again, which I appreciate because he is really cute, and it was great, and yes. that was why the opening credits were fantastic. Which we'll, we'll get back to later. Yes. Um. Yeah, I I, I see what you mean. I think in some cases. Like with Rocket and Yandu, like when they were by, when they were uh, off on the Ravager mm-hmm. plane, the stuff that was going on there that I think worked really well uh, because it had that mix between you know their character growth, their character development, but also they were able to throw in the humor. And even though it was serious, they were still able yeah. to come through and be funny and have their lines and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. I, I very much liked that yeah. that story arc. Yeah, and just with Peter's role, it just was a little... He, I don't know, he was just less important. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, yeah, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, so this is another Marvel movie where they yes. introduce a villain and then the villain dies by the end and yes. then the world moves on. You know. Or so we think. But probably, I mean, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought about that a little bit after the movie came out. That's less of a problem for me than it is for mm-hmm. other people. Um, as long as in the one movie that they're in, they're compelling as a bad guy. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I can see why people want to be more invested into the bad guy. That's one of the reasons why Loki is so good as a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see in, you know, 
what they do with uh, the Thor movie coming up, if they keep any of the bad guys, or if in the Spider-Man movie they might introduce, you know, Norman Osborn or something like that. Yeah. Introduce, you know, a bad guy that will stay in, or really we'll see. We'll see if, you know, at the end of Infinity War, if they do get rid of Thanos. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the very least, they'll be in two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I think this, we'll see. this kind of brings back something that the Marvel Universe, universe struggles with, it, which mm-hmm. is like, having stakes and consequences you know they because yondu died in this i very much applaud them for having yeah proper consequences or you know something yeah, that, that, serious I, I, I think that that actually yondu's death is really the this is the second death that mattered yeah in the mcu the first one being colson mm-hmm. um because because yondu was in the first guardians and compared to colson being in you know all the other MCU yeah. films before he died. Um, because his character already had something behind him, when he did die, when he did sacrifice himself, it was that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it worked. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why this, you know, e- even though Ego was a one-off bad guy, yeah, um, he still allowed Yondu to you know like I, the fact that ego was a one-off allowed for yandu to step up and also like yeah I, I think if ego stayed alive yandu's death would have been it kind of might have felt like you know yeah for it, nothing it wouldn't have meant as much. it wouldn't have meant as much mm-hmm. um so it's i don't know yeah yeah i mean i also just you know, by just from watching all these Marvel movies, mm-hmm. the feeling that you know that they're all trying to you know, converge to one point comes across fairly well for a lot of the movies. But I kind of miss that for this one because yeah, this one didn't have that much. Yeah, MCU building. Yeah, it just kind of felt like they were killing time until Infinity War starts, because other than Yondu's death like everything mm-hmm. starts and ends and you know there's no real building on i would argue that that was a positive for the movie mm-hmm. because i think if this movie built toward or built more so towards infinity war then it would have taken away more of the character development as it is as we're talking about it yeah. there wasn't enough character development between peter and ego so yeah. if they add in all of the other you know mm-hmm. stuff to you know to for world building if they added the sixth infinity stone or if they added something else they would have just lessened yeah well I don't, I don't mean world building as much uh as in like you know just things happening like in civil war like we're not introducing a whole lot of new things but the world before the movie and the world after the movie are very different well i think civil war is more of a world movie the civil war is a movie about the marvel cinematic universe guardians of the galaxy is a movie of the guardians of the galaxy yeah and i think while they might have been able to use a little bit more i guess world building i think adding too much might have or adding adding more might have been the equivalent of you know that water scene in uh, Avengers two, with with Thor, and like like it had no place in the movie, mm-hmm. and 
I don't know where they could have added more to help with moving the MCU forward. They could have. They might have. They could have had more Thanos. They could have done something. But I mean, they. It. I don't mean like tying it in with the rest of the world. As I mean, as much as I mean, like you know, result like consequences of what ha- of the story because mm-hmm. you know we got we did get a lot of good character development but the character oh, right, yeah. people aren't in different places because of what happened i mean i think a couple different things mm-hmm. um in response to that one i think the main reason why you think that is because of peter quill's story arc he does not change he is in the same place at the beginning of the movie as he is at the end of the movie he doesn't have a dad at the beginning he doesn't have a dad at the end yeah actually he had a dad in the beginning and he didn't have one at the end. Yeah. R.I.P. Yondu. Um, <laughs> Same. But, I mean, I think Rocket grew. Um, his, you know, his, he grew. I think uh, Gamora, with her relationship to her, to uh, her sister, grew. Mm-hmm. I think Nebula's role changed in how she will be in the future movies. Yeah. Um, you know, Mantis joined the team. Um, so she, she'll be around. Um you know yeah it's i guess yeah you're right nebula is definitely you know definitely is different same with mantis but like at the end of guardians one they were all you know friends mm-hmm. and you know getting along just fine and you know we yeah. come in on you know guardians two and they're having trouble staying together and things but like yeah i, I mean i it's a tough thing because i think on top of all of the stuff mm-hmm and this kind of supports your argument earlier that they are just placeholder. I don't think they're a placeholder, but I think Marvel already had Infinity War lined up. They couldn't move too much with, you know, Nebula or Gamora because there's a chance they might have a big part with dealing with their dad and Thanos and yeah, Infinity sure. War. You know, they might have tried to do something else that could have worked. And I think also on top of that, Ego's the type of villain where, you know, defeating him doesn't have any... Act- it has less stakes because no one lives on on his planet. Yeah. Like, by blowing up his planet, you're not blowing up people. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, granted, like, they did have to, you know, save save the day because he was, you know, destroying Earth and Xandar. Yeah. And all that other stuff. But that being said, it's, it's tough to get that same, I guess, world-building stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep on going back to world building because I don't know at the, be- at the end of Guardians one on top of I guess coming together as a family yeah um, they uh, they also you know kind of formed an alliance with the Nova Corps yeah. Nova Corps wasn't in this movie because they weren't you know protecting Xandar mm-hmm. um, or whatever so I don't know it's I think they tried to do what they could but the thing with ego is you know there's less. Pe- you know, bystanders screaming. And yeah. I think just the fact that some were or some are in danger just mm-hmm. adds more stakes to it. And I'm not saying they they should have added those stakes to it. Yeah. Um, because then I would have seen too much like Guardians 1. Yeah. And I think they tried to do something different. And I think for the most part it worked. Yeah. But just the consequence of how they decided to take it, you know. Mm-hmm wasn't as perfect as guardians one yeah um 
So I, I can see why, I guess, it, it got lower reviews for the second one, why it only got an 81 or something like that. Yeah, which is still pretty, fairly is, decent. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's still better than, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's currently in between, like, the really great Marvel movies and the, you know, average Marvel movies. So, yeah, I don't know. It really worked for me um, just because, as I mentioned earlier, the whole family thing is just something that that, that always pulls on my heartstrings. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I have to say about that. It's, yeah. I, I, can, I can see where everyone uh, is, I guess, coming from with their, with, like, with their slightly more negative opinions of the movie. Mm-hmm. But just, at least for how it affects me, it's different yeah so whatever um so i guess a couple last thoughts because we both have to be studying for finals yeah Um, unfortunately yeah uh i just wanted to talk about possibly i don't don't know if it's my favorite point of the movie but Mm -hmm. the opening credit sequence we mentioned it earlier um (laughs) so for the first guardians of the galaxy Mm -hmm. i had faith in this movie because not only you know, was a huge fan of Marvel Comics. Uh-huh. I was also a huge Chris Pratt fan because I was obsessed with Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought he'd be a great superhero. Um, some of my friends were saying otherwise, but... <laughs> they were wrong. Yeah, well, exactly. When I went to watch the first Guardians, mm-hmm. the moment that I knew that this movie would work mm-hmm. was the opening credit sequence when he was dancing and, you know, that... In, in that abandoned city. Yeah. That's when I knew that this movie is going to be something that will work and that will, that's my type of movie that I will really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So for this movie, I was kind of worried about the opening credit sequence. It would have to be something that somehow lived up to that excellence of the first movie, uh-huh. which is really hard to do. Yeah. But they did it. They did it. Yeah, it was... I don't know <laughs> if it was better, but, like, it's awfully close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the opening credits for this, if you haven't seen the movie, again, watch it, please. Pretty please. Yes, or else we will hunt you down and strap you to a chair and make you watch it. Or something legal. <laughs> uh, Fine. Uh, but, yeah, but the opening credit sequence for this, uh, Groot is dancing around uh to mr blue sky mm-hmm. uh like around the uh i don't know the this battery placeholder for the gold people that i'm forgetting their names yeah same um uh but yeah so he's pretty much what what's happened is they're trying to you know protect against this giant alien guy from stealing batteries uh-huh. and right before the battle starts or as the battle starts, Groot pops in some music and just starts dancing around. <laughs> and the camera, instead of watching the battle, just follows Groot dancing. And then in the background, you can see all the action and the fighting. Mm-hmm. And it's just, from the moment it, that sequence started to, you know, when Drax, I guess, fell on the on the boom bar on the speakers. Yeah. That's like... I was smiling from ear to ear. I knew that this movie, like, it worked. This movie's going to be fine. I don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was happy. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely love this opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I would I would go and say it is better than the first one. 
and I do love the first one very, very much. But, you know, having the the awesome action in the background that's not even, like, the focus of what's going on. Yeah. And then having, you know, someone just being ridiculous up front is one of my favorite tropes in, yeah. in all of film. So I loved it. Yeah, I, it, it was definitely hilarious. I think the reason why I wouldn't necessarily say it's better than the first one mm-hmm. is because the first one was just so original and not what you would really yeah. expect. And it was... I had a similar re- reaction this time around, but I think the first time it was just kind of frozen, you know, mm-hmm. grinning. I was like, what is this? This is, <laughs> this is my new favorite thing now. I need to watch this a million times. And I ended up watching it a million times. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and for this one, I think the same, very similar thing happened, mm-hmm. but you know, it wasn't the first. So I didn't have the same, I guess, connection. Yeah. Um, granted, I'm not knocking this one at all. It still I mean, is my second favorite opening credit sequence of all time. <laughs> so yeah, but like, and only by a little bit. It was so good, mm-hmm. so good, yeah. so good. It was, it was great. Yeah, guys, go see this movie just for the credit sequence. Yeah, it, it, that makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Just off the bat, <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the soundtrack for this movie. Yes, which I have already bought. Yeah, listen to <laughs> multiple times. Nice. Um, I, I mean, on top of the fact that you know they just pick really great songs, just like the first movie, mm-hmm. I think it worked. The thing that I just found kind of interesting is yeah. this time around, the songs were more important. Yeah, they were much more deliberate in their. In their yeah, movie. and and by deliberate, it's they have recurring roles. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Brandy. Um, which is the song that uh, Peter was talking to his dad about, about the sailor and and Brandy, who's a fine girl, yeah. what a good wife she would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy's uh, life, love, and lady is the sea. Um, snaps. Snaps all around. Yes. That shows you I've listened to the song multiple times in the past <laughs> couple days. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. uh, that song is played three times in the movie. Yeah. And the fact that it just keeps on showing up again, mm-hmm. that didn't happen in the first movie. The songs yeah. were there, I guess, kind of just as an emphasis on the style and the tone. On this one, they actually played an important part to the plot. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, uh, The Chain, that played twice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a song that played as they were, uh, I guess, walking off of the plane with Ego to go to Ego's planet. Yeah. That was a song that was playing. That showed a divide uh, between the Guardians, between you know Rocket and Peter mainly, mm-hmm. and that showed up again at the end of the movie during the fight scene when Peter was battling Ego. Yeah, and it's just the fact that this song showed up twice, even though it's not directly related to the plot, you know, like Brandy, uh-huh. uh, is pretty significant because it has more of a thematic purpose. Mm-hmm. In the in in the movie, rather than like in Guardians One, where they just, you know, the songs were there and great, make made everything a lot better. Yeah, this one they actually you know had some weight and significance, you know. Yeah, underneath them. Yeah, I I may have been emotionally distraught when the Walkman got broken. Oh, that hurt! It did. That hurt so much. Well, on the bright side, 
he did get a zoom <laughs> at the end of the movie, which I think is as so great. Yeah, so great. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts or anything else that we need to talk about? Um, oh, we need to talk about the after credit scenes. Oh yeah, all like twenty of them. There was yeah, <laughs> there was five, but you know, felt like a lot. I think with all the stuff going on during the credits, that's true. All the post credit. <laughs> You know, it feels like more than the five, but also, yeah, whatever. Um, so, which one do you want to talk about first? So the my main one that I have a question about is sure. the one with gold people. Aha. You know, and this seems to be you know implying some other thing oh, is yes. going to happen later. Very much so. Uh, Very much so. I was honestly relieved when I saw that because throughout the whole movie, I was like, I mean, the gold people show up at the beginning for yeah. the. You know, for that and kind of kick things off uh but they keep showing up and they... we don't really know why yeah i think the gold people have two purposes in the film uh-huh one to i guess start off a movie um but they also kind of just add more action and excitement yeah like with all their you know video game uh planes mm-hmm. which by the way i love that oh, that's that amazing was... It was so perfect. Yeah, and like on top of the, you know, like the actual fighting scenes with the planes battling, that was great. But even better in the control center uh-huh. with the planes and the sound effects of video <laughs> games going on as they're, sh- oh, so good. Yeah. So good. I think um, those are the same sound effects for uh, it was Space Invaders something or something like that. Like yeah, that. Was yeah. Great. it was great. But back to that end credit sequence. Yeah. This is really important. Okay. Do you know who Adam is? No. Okay. I'm assuming most people who watch this don't know what Adam is. If you know the Guardians from the comics, uh huh, then you probably would know who Adam is. Okay. But not that many people cover the comics. <laughs> Adam is referring to Adam Warlock, uh-huh. who in the comics is a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. He is, uh, I guess his, or on top of his, I guess. On top of his, you know, affiliation with the Guardians, he also, at least in the comics, at some point had a uh, Infinity Stone in his forehead, kind of like Vision does now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. On top of that, he has been able to wield all of the Infinity Stones at once, in the uh, comics. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, that seems important. Yes. Granted, I don't know if he's going to be in Infinity War. I doubt he'll be in Infinity War. Yeah. Because I think they're saving him for Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm so excited. Yeah. Like at the end of Guardians One, when we saw Cosmo, uh-huh. uh huh, the dog, yeah, who was another member of the Guardians in the in the comics, <laughs> um, that got everyone excited. But on top of that, you know, seeing like we now know Adam Warlock's going to be in the next one, and we know he's going to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm so excited. Yeah. I don't know too, too much about the character, but mm-hmm. we'll find out uh, in the next movie, and it should be awesome, and yeah. I'm really excited, and all that stuff. So yeah, When is Guardians 3 coming out? They have not released that information yet, but we do know that James Gunn's attached to direct. Um, he confirmed that on his Facebook page uh, not too long ago. Yep. Other news we probably should have covered, or that we might have. We did. Yeah, we did cover it, yeah. yeah. 
Because it came out before the movie came out. Yes, that's right. Um, so that's all good. What else? What else do we know? Um, yeah. Well, all right. So what, what were the other after credit sequences? All right. So we saw Adolescent Groot, <laughs> um, which I guess is the time jump that is important uh, for, I guess, Infinity War because Infinity... this So Guardians Volume 2 takes place four months after Guardians 1. Uh-huh. Guardians or Infinity War takes place four years after. So we're gonna have to see or we have to see Groot grow up a little bit. Yeah. And we do that because he is apparently shedding. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes. Or whatever's going on with his leaves and branches and all that stuff. So that's that's exciting. That shows that that shows the beginning of the of the jump mm-hmm. uh, in time. What were the other ones? When uh Craglin, who by the way had a huge part in this movie, we didn't really we didn't talk about him at all up until yeah. now, and we probably should have because he played a really important part because he was was this Sylvester Stallone's character? No, no, no. Craglin was Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, um, who oh. was the Yondu's number two. Yeah, he was uh, great. I loved him. He was awesome. Uh, let's quickly talk about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he played kind of you know Yondu's other son. Or yeah. something like that, or Yandu's. He definitely looked up to Yandu brother as another dad, or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So he was also great. Um, so there's a scene where he accidentally using Yandu's uh, fin uh, impaled Drax. That was funny. Yeah, which I'm also confused about because the fin is supposed to like connect to Yandu's like electronics on his head. All right. So what happened was in the beginning of the movie when uh nebula shoots the shoots the thing yeah they didn't shoot they, they shot the top of the fin yeah and the top of the fin came off the bottom of the fin was still on yandu's head yeah so it's the fin that showed all the electronics yandu isn't a robot no i know but why can craglin use it if he doesn't have the electronics well yandu doesn't have electronics on his head just the fin goes on the head and it's Okay, I assumed the fin plugged into whatever was underneath. I assume that, at least based off of that last scene, that it's relatively easy to... Yeah. Or if not relatively easy, Craglin knows how to plug into his head. Yeah. Um, and it, it might not be like an actual, you know, plug or something. It, yeah. could... it probably doesn't plug in, because you, if you have to whistle to make it move, it's not yeah. like getting... It's probably Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that one. What else? That's three. Three of five. What else do we um, have? Um, oh, Sylvester Stallone's character. Oh, yes. So, fun fact about that. That uh-huh. scene is filled with cameos. Really? Yes. Um, so, we know Sly. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who uh, has worked with James Gunn before, uh, also, I guess, known for his role in Smallville as like Luther. Yeah. Uh, he played the Chris Lee guy. So he makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Ving Rhames, you saw him yep. uh, in there. Uh, also, the talking head that was on a chair. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, voiced by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I found somewhat significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the people that we're talking to, uh, Sly's character, looked very similar to a character 
that's going to be in a future Marvel movie. Ooh. Yes. Who? What? Tell me. So, what other character that's coming out in a future Marvel movie that we've seen the trailer for, so you only have two options, uh-huh. has dark black hair that kind of goes over her face a little bit? Oh. Yeah. Far. Yeah. So, I'm not positive, but I think some of the people that were working with Sly are also somehow related to Hela from, from huh. Thor. I don't know if there's going to be anything with that. I just found that kind of interesting. And That'd be cool. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I think there was a couple other cameos throughout, but there was a whole bunch of cameos throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of Easter eggs that I have not even begun to dive into. Oh, yeah. This, this movie was just full of them. Yeah. What's so. his name? Uh, the Duck. Oh, Howard the Duck. Howard yes. the Duck was back. Yes, voiced by uh, Seth Green. Yep. He's back. Um, also, the credits themselves are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Because as they were scrolling up, on top of just the characters' dancing on, on the side, uh, there was I Am Groot throughout. Yeah. Which is pretty great. They replaced people's names and had it say I Am Groot, and then it changed. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I'll give them props. I think this was the best credits. Yeah, it was pretty awesome credits. And also, oh, at the end of the credits, they have they made it. They wrote their own Guardians of the Galaxy song, like uh-huh. with the movie themes, but like over a, you know, a disco pop, you know, yeah. score, uh, sung by David Hasselhoff, which is really yeah, yeah. Huh. I, um, well, yeah. So he did all of, you know his parts, but also David Hasselhoff had a you know part in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was he had a quick cameo in the movie. He had a quick cameo, um, and also because you know with Peter's backstory saying his dad was david hasselhoff um you know i think it worked i think when they yeah. asked him to do it they probably also hey we also have the song want to you know yeah come in for a day and do that and it was why not so good it was great um and he also had his cameo in in the credits uh cosmo the dog also had a cameo in the credits yep um oh also uh peter's uh uncle or grandfather i forget um, from the first Guardians, uh-huh. I don't know if you realize this. He was in the car that was on the road where, like the the, the ego blob. Yeah, he was there. That was him. That was him. Yeah, ah, he's back. That's he great. was back. Yeah, it's a small thing. Um, yeah, those are all the cameos off the top of my head. We get all five of the post credit scenes. We're forgetting one. I don't know. I don't know. I think there was one more, but I can't remember what it was. It's, you know what? To find out for the last one, you should go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> um, yeah, so all good. Uh, I love this movie clearly more than Ryan. Yeah. Um, not saying that Ryan didn't love it, but like, but like. I liked it as much as I liked like Doctor Strange. You know, it was still very good. Totally go see it multiple times. Yes. But it's not, you know, way up there. Yeah, no. Guardians of the Galaxy is very much a my type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, both the original, both the first one and this one, both very family based, which is always, you know, always works on me. Yeah. Um, the humor, the '80s references, all that fun stuff. Uh, it's it's great. So, Guardians is awesome. Um, go see it if you haven't. Also, like, really, why do you listen to yeah. all this? Yes, Steve. Yes, Steve. Just go and find something better to do. Like watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And then make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. 
uh, and Google Play and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, also, Onset with Errol Koenig, Shameless Plug Time. Do all of that for that podcast as well because it's awesome. Yep. Um, I don't know if I got to shamelessly plug my most recent episode with Lucy Fink uh, for Refinery29. That was an awesome episode. It was a very good episode. Um, yeah, so make sure to check that out. Check this podcast out. Um, any other shameless plugs? Uh, leave reviews and ratings. Yes. Uh, so we will read them. Um, don't make me write another one for myself because I will. <laughs> we need something to fill this time with. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Bye.